Hello and welcome back to the Elevate Coaching Podcast, dedicated to empowering ambitious, driven women to embrace a holistic approach to health and wellness. I'm Laura, your host and guide on this journey of self-discovery and transformation. In today's episode, we're diving into a topic that hits home for many of us, our relationship with food and body image. This isn't just about diets or a fitness routine. It's about the deep-seated beliefs and emotions that shape how we see ourselves and how we approach food. To delve into this, we have an incredibly special guest joining us today. She's not just a coach specialising in food and body image, but she also integrates the healing power of Reiki into her transformative work. She brings a unique spiritual perspective to these often complex and emotionally charged issues, and I'm thrilled to have her with us so that we can learn from her insights. So if you've ever struggled with body image, ever felt guilt or stress around food, or if you're just simply curious about Reiki and its healing potential, you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome in Becca. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I've been really looking forward to this podcast and I know we sort of spoke offline beforehand, but I just think it's really unique, the approach that you take to coaching, to relationship with food and body image, bringing in that Reiki and that spiritual side of things. So I'm so excited to dive into this today. Oh, honestly, I'm super excited to chat more about it. Um, And yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast too. So why don't we start with how you actually got into like the coaching journey and became like a relationship with food and body image coach and also how you incorporate Reiki into all of that yeah so with my journey um and kind of getting all into this um I know for like a lot of us coaches it can be quite similar but it has kind of come from personal experience and like my own journey as well which has kind of just brought me on to where I am Um, and I always say that you know what we go through brings us through to our path where we're supposed to be so I do trust with all that and but yeah for me many years of struggles with food and body from quite a young age and for a lot of us it kind of starts at that point Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah lots of uh, struggling with like restriction um, lots of fixation with exercise and my body through the years um, which completely took over my life Um, and at that point that's what my whole life was all I thought about all I did Um, so through my journey, I won't go into too much because we could be here for absolute ages, <laughs> but through my own healing of food relationship, body image, <clears throat> my exercise relationship and just shaping a healthier lifestyle because I thought I had a healthy lifestyle back then, but actually all I did was fixate on like the numbers and mm-hmm. I'd feel guilty for not going to the gym one day. I'd say no to family events and it, it very much just consumed my life. So it's now at a point where I do feel like I found this very healthy balanced lifestyle that is actually nourishing which is one of the big things that I love to help with so that's kind of how I've got into this um and I know we said this just before we started but it kind of started with me doing like personal training and just through my journey things have just moved me to this like beautiful space of food and body work which I'm really blessed to be here now because I feel like that's when we see the most like biggest transformations when we delve into our mindset um mm-hmm. so that's like a little bit about me I started all of this just from past experience and just deep passion of I know how much we can be impacted by society especially with body image that I just want to help as many people break free from those like restraints were given and really just shape more freedom again um and then obviously as you mentioned with the Reiki so I've kind of had my big spiritual awakening through my journey which has led me to all these different 
spiritual practices, one of them being Reiki. And I kind of, so Reiki is something I've been doing a little bit more recent. And it's one thing that really like changed my mind and my life on my journey. And doing it with like a few other people as well. I've noticed big shifts there. And one of the best things with Reiki, so for anybody where it's a little bit different, maybe Reiki is a new thing to have heard a bit about it before, it's all to do with energy healing. So we're using your chakras, so your seven points down you, um, and your auras, and it's all about um, healing energy points there um, and finding the points that need the support and the work. It even helps if you've got shoulder pain, back pain, Reiki can help with it as well, so it's pretty freaking fabulous. Um, so it is all about the energy work and I kind of bring this in. Now, you, even if you're not working on food and body, you can utilize Reiki anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you're also working on your journey of like self-connection, it's amazing because a lot of the time with our food and body, we have a lot of like, emotional attachments to maybe past situations so um let's say you've had um a parental figure who maybe um was doing like slimming clubs for a while or something like that and we've had these <clears throat> food mindset and beliefs given to us reiki is a nice way to help us release those emotional attachments we hear it a lot you know do the release work let go of things yeah reiki is a beautiful yeah. way to do that the first time i'd reiki it's a bit off topic some of the stuff that came up to me, I was like, I didn't even know that I was still holding on to some of this. Like it helped me with grief of loved ones. I mm -hmm. didn't know I still had that in within me. So it's truly amazing for release work, but also deep connection and mindfulness. Um, I know when we talk about like our health journey and our wellness, we do think of food and movement, which plays a big part within it. Of course it does, but if we're never grounded and we're never connected and we're never having mindful time, we find it very hard to shape health and wellness, especially mm -hmm. food relationship because Reiki allows us to connect and emotionally regulate because a lot of food and body struggles can come from that emotional dysregulation or simply just never slowing down and having time for ourselves. So it's a great way to relax, connect and have a mindful moment. So that was quite long winded, but that's kind of how <laughs> I integrate a little bit of Reiki into it. And just a bit more about it if it, is something new you can have reiki in person and you can do distant reiki which is something that um, i'm going to be delving more into as well um which we'll see and stuff on my page and everything well it sounds like it's the start of a really excited journey for you with like the reiki and integrating all of that into it because i've had reiki and everything you said there i just absolutely second like it's some of my most healing transformative like experiences have been through Reiki and allowing my body just to rest and also my mind to relax so that you can really get into that subconscious and like you said that's where those free-flowing thoughts can then come in and your awareness can can open and it's definitely something that I've noticed through my practice as a coach is that often your your relationship with food or your relationship with your body image is actually less to do with the food and less to do with what you look like and more to do with how you internally feel about yourself if you lack boundaries in your life if you are constantly a hundred miles an hour and you don't have time to slow down and I think this is what makes it really interesting the whole field of like your relationship with food because often and I'm sure you might find this as well clients will come to you maybe not really expecting half of the work that you actually do because it's actually so deep when you are really looking at that relationship with food do, do you find that literally it's so true so like I try and 
explain like the journey and phases and like the first phase of like overcoming food and body struggles is like the exploration phase mm-hmm. and like you like you say you come into and I did when I first started my healing journey I was like oh so I'm just gonna like listen to my body more and just like say you know food affirmations and I'll be cool and then you realize <laughs> oh my gosh like it's so much more to it um and it's like the exploration phase where you're you're giving yourself that space to like you're basically unpicking potentially years worth of mm-hmm. these struggles and these comments and these situations that have held an impact on us and we're starting to pick them apart and uncover them and bring them back to our conscious and let them go and that might sound scary if anyone's listening I've made that sound really scary so it's not <laughs> it, it I always um <laughs> I'm giving a bad impression of it but I always say to people it's it's a difficult process at times because we have to physically face like these difficult parts but at the same time it's one of the most beautiful processes you can let yourself do and I always say is like a big piece of advice always let yourself trust that exploration phase mm-hmm. because <clears throat> I actually uh, spoke about this the other day to, to somebody but when I first started my food healing journey I I gave up the first time I tried to do it because I was like this is a little bit tough having to explore these struggles from even things from school when I was younger that didn't even Mm -hmm. bothered me anymore um but when you trust it and you work through it and you let yourself uncover those beliefs and do all that work you create utter magic because that's what gets you to that freedom so I definitely understand like we can think it's there's not as much depth to it but there is more depth to it but when you do that inner work magic happens and that's why like you say it's always letting in that mindset work as well to create the the progression that you want yeah so what advice would you give or how have you handled this with a client of yourself where they are snacking quite a lot they're trying to remove themselves from the situation when there's food there but their family are chronic dieters they're on a slightly different path to their family and they're finding even though they're removing themselves and they're doing some of these tactics they're finding it hard to allow themselves to go deep into why they're actually going for food because this is something that i come across is they'll do some clients will do some certain layers to the work but then when it comes to actually going deeper and needing to quiet the mind practice some mindfulness techniques there's often quite a bit of resistance there so I don't know if that's something that you come across and if it is how do you then uh overcome that resistance to the mindfulness yeah definitely I think the first thing I always say is the bizarre analogy but I'm gonna say anyway like I always say to people like think of your your brain and you've got like a door on there with a lock and key and for a lot of it is we if we've not explored like mindfulness in this different way of doing things, it's a completely new way of doing things. But what you're doing is basically putting this key in this lock and you're opening this door up and you're opening your mind up to a new way of being and doing and thinking. And you may have that if you have a spiritual awakening as well, but like you're opening your mind up to a different way. And I think for a lot of people, if we, for example, in this one, if we've been surrounded by um, external uh, influences and people who have made us feel a type of way or we've been stuck in these yo-yo cycles that's what we know like that's what our brains like oh we know that that's what we're used to that's what we're comfortable with and now like we're going do a bit of mindfulness and your brain's like but I'm not used to mindfulness so what you're yeah. doing is you're like opening your your mind up to this different way of being and doing so I'd say the first thing is like 
<clears throat> giving yourself permission to do things in a different way and I know we can say mindfulness and it can seem a little bit eerie fairy at times mm-hmm. but that stuff and all that things like really works so that's the first one I'd also say as well with like the resistance to potentially mindfulness the practice of doing it makes it a lot easier um I can relate to this sometimes I know you mentioned earlier about if you're a little bit like on the go all the time and now we're trying mm-hmm. to like find this balance mm-hmm. I used to be like that I always say I was like the, the hustle queen I burnt myself out <laughs> too many times and I'd like to uh, like to uh, say um but the more you start doing it and you start letting in these little mindful moments, even if it's like um, you do five minutes a day, two yeah. minutes, and or yeah. you just start doing some deep breaths, whatever it might look like, over time, you reap the benefits of it. So your brain's like, oh, okay, like I'm seeing the, the progress here. But then you get more comfortable with it. It's like if you are struggling with squats and the more you squat, the more you're going to get better and the deeper you'll get and the more you can add and the better it feels. The same with mindfulness. We're just training our brains mm-hmm. to allow more mindfulness in. Mm-hmm. So knowing that it can actually feel unnatural at first, like I always like yeah. to paint a very real picture of people. Yeah. And if you've never done mindfulness and the grounding work and connecting with yourself, first time you try stuff, um, I put a post of the day about like going into nature and um, taking some like deep breaths and using your senses. Like, what can I see? What can I smell? I saw what can that. Hear? You might yeah. be doing that. Yeah. You might be doing that and thinking, this feels weird because you've never done it. Yeah. But I, I want it to feel a bit unnatural for you. That's okay. I don't want you to think, oh, this is bad. But over time, I guarantee it starts feeling more natural and it just becomes your way of being. And then when you have more of that, connection and mindfulness you're then going to support your food and body relationship because you connect with yourself more so knowing that the benefits to why you're doing it supports you continually doing it as well mm-hmm. oh, apologies for dylan barking in the background there <laughs> uh, but i totally resonate with everything that you said there and i know when i first started meditating and using like mindfulness practices oh my God, there was so much resistance. I found it so awkward, so uncomfortable. And I would get really agitated with it and like really frustrated. I was like, why can't I do it? Like, it feels so weird. But like you say, it's a practicing to use that muscle. The more you use it, the easier it gets and the more comfortable you get doing it. And I think what one of my biggest takeaways from using like mindfulness practices is, oh my gosh, this is my natural way of being. I thought being stressed all the time, overwhelmed, overworked, on the go, 100 miles an hour was how it was meant to be. And then once I slowed down, I was like, oh no, this is how it's meant to be. (laughs) Literally, you have that like big realization moment. I've had one like that. And you start getting more comfortable with things being more balanced. Like you're showing up, you're doing the things, but you're also like having the downtime. And you're like, like, I feel like me again. That's what I was like. I remember sitting with my partner. I was like, haven't I been such a better person recently because of this balance? (laughs) I'm not snappy anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I feel like it turned me into, not turned me into a new person. I feel like I discovered who I really am through it without all of Mm -hmm. those um beliefs put on to me all of the subconscious ways of thinking and without all of like 
the expectations from other people and society that was put on me because it allowed myself to go inward and have that awareness about myself and then also question certain things about myself, way, uh, the ways I used to do things, why I used to do things, what's actually important to me now. Um, it's a really revolutionary experience, to be honest, life-changing. Literally, you do, you feel so, just so much different within yourself and it gives you that space. Because I said this to one of our clients the day, like, if we're always on the go, we're never, we're never giving ourselves space to understand, like, what our next step is or if you're somebody who listens to your intuition how can we listen to our intuition if we're so busy yes. or how can we find peace if we're always on the go and it is it's finding that middle ground of like like I want you to show up and I want you to be empowered and do those things from that place of kindness because you care for yourself like yes mm -hmm. let's go let's do it but also let's have the rest or the downtime or making time for fulfillment of things that you enjoy yes. because that's also kindness to yourself and when you combine the both you find the balance but you make so much more growth especially if you're somebody who struggles with <clears throat> food and body a lot of these struggles like overeating like emotional eating sometimes maybe because we're not getting fulfillment from life we're yeah. so on the go and we're so busy all the time that food becomes our way to get dopamine but we need to like you say find that balance have that mindfulness have that fulfillment mm -hmm. to then support our growth which is why it's always so much more than just the food and the movement we yeah. have to look at all of these i call it a pie chart and we have all these yeah. different segments of your journey that we we work on so i think before we go further into this conversation becca it'd probably be a good idea to actually define like what a healthy relationship with food is and what that means to you in your scope of practice yes i would say obviously there's so many things i could go about but if i can i'm gonna break it into three little areas and i'll try and keep them short and sweet i'll try my best <laughs> to do that to go on a bit of a ramble um, the first one that i'd really say with um like food, healthy food relationship finding food freedom is finding the middle ground i know i kind of just mentioned middle ground but I think when if you're somebody who's like I want to work on having a healthy relationship with food we, I call it a spectrum so we have mm -hmm. one end of the spectrum where it's like oh so I'm working on food relationships so I have to say yes to everything and I'm gonna eat everything and anything and we have that kind of area or we have this oh so I should just only eat just nutrient dense foods and that's it but I always say it's the middle ground of like you're eating for your health and your energy because you care and you respect and you want to nourish yourself but you're also eating for pleasure and satisfaction which is where we get this flexible element with our food relationship because it's still about oh I care for myself so of course I want to nourish her and give her nutrients and my gut well-being and all of those areas but I also want the flexibility where I can just enjoy life and food without the stress and the stress and the worry. So that's like my first one. It's finding that middle ground, which at first can feel difficult because it's very new. But mm -hmm. when we get that middle ground, that's such a big part to it. I'd say the next one is about empowerment around your choices. I think sometimes like we have this, um, we can have this mindset where it's like, oh, well, if I'm working on food freedom, then I have to say yes to everything. So I'm not mm -hmm. restricting or I have to say no to everything. But it's being at a place where you're connected with your body that you can make the choices that feel most in line with you. So I don't know, you, I'll use me as an example. Um, a few weeks ago, um, we went out, I went out with my partner and I love donuts. There's this donut shop in there, it's one of my favorites. I saw but this post. <laughs> I, 
you saw this face you know this face yeah um my um my like gut wasn't feeling too great that day and i went Do you know what the most aligned thing right now is for me not to have the donor it wasn't restriction it was the intent behind my choice was that's the most aligned thing to me right now therefore i'm not going to have it but then i have a client who went and had an ice cream at the beach with a friend the other day because that was the most inline thing with her it's been at a point where we can be so connected with our body we can go this is the right choice for me i'm going to own that with freaking confidence or okay this is the best choice for me i'm going to own the the fuck out of that don't know if i can swear on here no i swear all the time don't worry (laughs) (laughs) and then i'd say the last one is is food neutrality so it's moving from food morals which is um using things like uh good food bad food food rules i can't eat past this time or i'm only allowed that food at a weekend those kind of things and moving into neutrality which is about i can have permission to eat i don't judge myself for what i have and i can have flexibility with food like nothing's off limits Mm -hmm. and of course we eat for that health and energy Mm -hmm. we find that balance but we can enjoy all foods without guilt so i'd say if i'm going to break down that healthy food relationship they're like my three areas that i'd I'd work on and that i'd say kind of really resonate it Mm, and i wrote something down here when you mentioned on point two about sort of food freedom which doesn't mean that you have to just go and eat everything and i think there can often be this big misconception particularly on social media is what i notice anyway where people will take it to the extreme that food freedom means you eat all of the shit and if you decide to say no to stuff because they're not aligned with your goals um and how you're feeling and i'm going to use the word healthy here because we you know some food or what's a better word that i could use more nutritionally dense food maybe might be a better word to use in this situation um but just because you're you're saying no to some things and yes to more nutritionally dense food that doesn't mean that you're on this side of restriction either and i feel like there can be this really big contradiction on social media which is like if you have food freedom that means you're eating every piece of cake that's in front of you and if you say no to cake that means you're on this other extreme end of absolute restriction and it's so frustrating to see (laughs) i totally yeah i see it and i totally hear you and it's it's like it's like this battle in the brain sometimes it's like well i should say yes but then if i say no i'm restricting so then technically it's toxic diet culture right yeah it's like but it's like the intent behind it. And if you're saying no, because it's empowered, then that's not you restricted. And it is, it's shifting that mindset. And I actually spoke with someone the other day and was on about this, of that mindset of, oh, if I start giving myself permission and I work on my food relationship, surely I'm just going to eat everything all the time. And that obviously like, for a lot of people comes from that like restrictive food mindset. Mm-hmm. Like if you're someone who's always restricted or um, said no to certain things, there's foods that you worry about, all that kind of stuff, meal plans, whatever it might be. If we're in that space, sitting here and going, oh, well, we're gonna start incorporating those foods again. Your toxic diet culture brain that you're used to is like, well, we're gonna go crazy on that stuff then because we've restricted from it so long. And this is why like, working on those beliefs around food really helps because you get more trust within having these foods but it also means that you can start like learning how to listen to your body and then over time like there's stages to it but i think that big one like you said there is doing that in a bit and that can really help her working through it so if someone is in that mindset at that moment 
and they're scared and fearful to introduce some food that they would normally overeat or binge on what would be the first step that you would help them to overcome that the first thing i would do obviously it could be very individual i definitely would say um <clears throat> doing some inner work so like your mm-hmm. mindset really and i notice it all the time it is so fundamental because we have to have a mindset that matches where we want to go so <clears throat> if you want to have like more moderation around food more mindfulness but your belief is I overeat on everything I always overeat on that food I will never be able to be mindful around that food because your beliefs that way you're going to start acting in that way it's like if you always say to yourself like oh like I'm such an emotional eater it's going to be easy to emotionally eat more often because Mm -hmm. we've we're telling ourselves that so I would definitely say like doing the mindset work if that can look like release work reframing beliefs variety of stuff um but another thing i will add to that and obviously it can be individual but if you're like somebody who really struggles around certain foods with like overeating it doesn't mean that all of a sudden let's say you struggle with chocolate it doesn't mean you need to go sit in front of a table full with chocolate and test yourself that's not the vibe it might be you give yourself permission to go to the supermarket um you buy some chocolate maybe some chocolate bars whatever it might be and you take one out you pop it back into the cupboard shut the door so we don't see it and we practice mindful eating um when we're having the chocolate bar Mm -hmm. to be more present with food to show ourselves we can enjoy it and it Mm -hmm. might just be a small step-by-step thing and like i would say all of us have a threshold with our comfort zone um and now of course we have to step out of our comfort zone to to grow but if you jump like way too out of it and you're now in the deep end you're gonna overwhelm you overwhelm yourself be scared about it and you're not gonna do it so little steps add up Mm -hmm. and then over time you'll notice it becomes easier to have more trust around those foods and how much more enjoyable is that chocolate when you eat it mindfully because i know i've done it to myself several times like eyes closed all the senses you know not active other than like my actual taste and i'm like oh my god it feels like i'm tasting chocolate for the first time literally i don't know i always get this so wrong and you might know i always say it to people and i don't get it wrong is it the you remember like the was it the galaxy ripple advert with the woman there's a galaxy advert i think where she was like in the bath or something eating chocolate and it was like this really like sensual sense moment which you really enjoyed it and i'm basically like when we eat when we've got like mindfulness that's what it's like like every bite is just so freaking enjoyable yeah it's just delicious yeah so how does someone's relationship with food impact their overall well-being and also happiness and quality of life yeah so i always say like i try and describe like health as like an umbrella as i've got bizarre analogies we just vibe (laughs) i like them so i describe as an umbrella And then under your umbrella, you've got like loads of different um, parts to health, whether it might be um, your physical health, your mental health, your food relationship, your body image, your relationships, your life satisfaction, so many more we can add. So I always say food relationships so important because it sits under our umbrella of overall health and well-being. Um, and I guess it's a bit of a misconception. We talk about health and we can instantly think, oh, well, I just need to look a certain way to be healthy, but it's so much deeper. Um, It's about all of these different areas. So this is why I'm so passionate on food relationship because when you create a healthy place with that, 
you allow yourself to be in a healthier place as well but what we find mm. is when we have a healthier food relationship it becomes easier to nourish your body and it becomes easier to break those cycles of um overeat or ruined it mindset and all of those then help us become healthier like physically and just feel more energized and nourished but also mentally as well and with life satisfaction literally life-changing even the small mm. things like i don't know if anyone else relates but there was times in my journey where i'd like go out for like a birthday meal and i'd spend the whole time stressing i'd take yeah. like two weeks to restrict beforehand yeah. i'd be crying beforehand I, I remember once i was like no I'm, you're not allowed to get me a birthday cake like i didn't want anything and it was just overtook all my life but now all of a sudden when you work on your food relationship it's like these little moments again where you're sat and you actually laugh and you take into account what people are saying and you smile and you have fun or you go run on the beach with your friends or mm. you just sit with your partner or your friend and enjoy these moments or you know you have a bath and you enjoy a bit of food with yourself whatever it might be the essence of your life and these little moments just become so much brighter and you get such a deeper gratitude uh can't my words out um <laughs> gratitude just for, for the moments that you have because yeah. of working on your food relationship. And how does that all link into body image then? Yeah, so I always say it this way. So food relationship, body image and exercise relationship, they all like link. So yeah. when you work on one, you're kind of starting to work on the other already. It's like <clears throat> if you start working on your food relationship and you're now nourishing yourself more, you're probably going to find that you have a deeper appreciation for your body because you're now nourishing or making her feel better mm -hmm. so they all start to like link or if you have deeper body gratitude oh like m exercise is more enjoyable now because i'm moving because it makes me feel good so they all link but i'd say that's obviously the first thing but body image once again is a big part of health and if we spend probably if we spend like all of our life battling with our bodies never feeling connected um never just also embracing who we are at a soul level like who we are as a being and having the acceptance around that or mm -hmm. working on finding more peace within ourselves and all of these areas we're going to really struggle to feel a healthy version of ourselves because the relationship with our body sets the tone for so much in our life even yeah. like things like i've said like career relationships if we're always struggling with body image that can put such a big like barrier and blockage to so many areas so mm -hmm. it obviously supports physical and mental health but working on your body image then supports so many other avenues because i would say it starts with yourself and the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself because you spend every freaking day with yourself mm -hmm. so it's knowing that actually allow myself to work on that is is kindness to me because i'm with me every day like i yes. want to feel better within <laughs> within my, my body and myself yeah because I, I know that i've worked with clients whose body image has literally stopped them from going to the beach with their children from going on holiday for never taking off anything long sleeved in the summer and we're talking like 30 40 degrees heat and they're still wearing long sleeve tops and cardigans and jumpers because they're that self-conscious and it really does impact the overall quality of your life um but i also know that there could be a lot of misconceptions around body image as well so have you come across any misconceptions or do you know of any misconceptions with relationship to body image 
there's like two big ones that I notice a lot. Um, I'd say the first one would be that body image is just about like physical appearance or just mm -hmm. changing our appearance. And I think it usually comes from, you know, when we say like body image, self image, we have the word image and instantly yeah. we're like, whoa, our, our, our outward image then, like how we look, is that's the important thing here. But actually with body image, it is more about like the way that you're speaking to yourself, you're treating yourself, you're nourishing yourself, um, you're all these different areas. It's working a lot more on like the mindset and the way that you're actually treating who you are. Now, of course, and everybody's journey is so different. Sometimes for people, like maybe working on some physical shifts may support feeling more confident and comfortable within your body. And I'm never gonna sit here and take away from that because everybody's mm -hmm. so different. But when mm -hmm. we talk about body image, that is about the mindset that is about more of the inner work and really just shifting the way that you view yourself so I say the big one is knowing that if you want to have a better relationship with yourself just always striving to just change body change body diet 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 it's never going to get you to that place of having more peace within who you are then the next kind of it's kind of like a misconception is if I want to work on my body image, I've got to change everything about myself. Mm. And this just isn't the case. Mm. Now, positive change is amazing. And we love positive change from a place of kindness. If you're, like you said earlier, um, maybe spending all your summers wearing cardigans and hoodies and you're feeling really hot and sweaty and you're struggling to enjoy yourself, positive change here might be working through body avoidance behaviours to mm. create more body neutrality. But it doesn't mean that I want you to change who you are at the core. I don't want you to change everything about what makes you you. I want to yeah. help you change these behaviours yeah. that aren't aligned so you can feel better. But I also want you to discover who you are and embrace the quirks and the things that make you you and just find more peace with them. Like the other day... I was chatting with somebody and was on it. She was on about like her brain um, and how like her brain operates in some situations with like um, procrastination, all these different things. And I was saying like the way that you operate, we don't have to hate that because that's just the way you operate. We just got to work with it. So it's not thinking that you have to change everything about mm -hmm. yourself. We we work on the underlying behaviors, but we can also just embrace who we are and have some acceptance there as well. Yeah. And, you know, you just remind me of a conversation I had with a client recently um, because she was questioning whether she dresses in baggy clothes because that's just her fashion sense and that's what she likes. Or is she dressing in baggy clothes to actually cover up and, and hide her body, which is a which was a really, really interesting question to actually ask. And I think that really shows a deep level of self-awareness that she now has for herself to be able to question mm -hmm. oh is this thing that I've done for so long actually something I want to do or is it a coping mechanism is it something that kept me safe and protected for so long so that I didn't have to see my body no one could comment on what my my body looked like because it was always always covered up um and I was really proud of her when she came to me with that with that question because I was just like wow this is exciting this is where you get to decide who you want to be how you want to dress and if the baggy clothes is your thing keep the baggy clothes we don't need to change them <laughs> i freaking love that it's so nice isn't it when like your clients have these like big self-aware moments themselves yeah. and you're like i freaking love that question i was like yes yeah. <laughs> no it's so great yeah. but it, it's very true like you said it's kind of like we said with food earlier like 
the intent behind the action um like if you're choosing because i don't get me wrong i'm not today but i love a baggy tracksuit sometimes yeah. but it's just because i love a baggy tracksuit and that's just sometimes my style it's not because i want anyone to see me and it is it's just like like you say exploring with yourself why am I doing this? Just mm. get, I always say one of your best things mm. to do on your journey is get curious. Even with you, like, why am I behaving that way? Yeah. Why am I choosing to wear this? And then that way you help. Cause like one of my clients of the day, um, she was, um, she doesn't wear makeup often, but she was doing a makeup. And she was saying to me, she's like, I checked in and she's like, I'm doing this because makeup for me sometimes feels like art and self-expression. Yeah. And she was like, I wasn't doing it because I was going out to the office and no one could see me without makeup. She was like, I was doing it because I really felt like doing my makeup that day. Yeah. And that's it, just like you said with your client, when we check with the intent behind it, we just get to understand, is it coming from that really maybe empowered place mm -hmm. or is this some, something we need to explore a little bit more there? It's funny you say that about makeup as well because I used to be so insecure, I'd never let anyone see me without makeup on. Like I would go to the corner shop, foundation, everything would need to be on. Um, and then around, three four years ago when I really started going through like my healing self-acceptance um I stopped wearing makeup and I haven't I don't wear makeup really ever anymore I put a bit of mascara on for days like today just because they make me look awake on the podcast but otherwise <laughs> I love not wearing makeup and that was such a wake-up call for me when I realized I was spending so much time every single day of my life doing something that I did not want to be doing, that I hated doing, but I felt like I needed to do in order to be accepted by other people. It was like a huge, huge revolution and a weight lifted off my shoulder when I decided I'm not wearing makeup anymore. And then on the weekend, I went to Glastonbury with the girls just for a little mooch around some of the shops and went to the tour and everything, oh, which was just stunning. And yeah, I was getting ready and I was like, do I put makeup on? Don't I put makeup on? And I was like, put a bit of makeup on, Laura. You never look cute and girly. Like you're going for a girl's day out. It'd be nice to look nice. As soon as I got there, I regretted it. And I was like, right, this is my reminder that I don't like wearing makeup. <laughs> so I'm not going to wear foundation again, unless it's like a party or something. But I just don't like how it feels anymore. Um... But yeah, it was just an example of how like I overcome something that was not benefiting me and something that I really didn't want to do and felt really scary to begin with. But now I've gotten so comfortable with myself naturally that I don't like covering it up. <laughs> oh, I freaking love that. Yeah. yeah, That's so good though. And like you said, there is, I think you said like, you notice some of this shift when you started like noticing your mindset shifts and you connecting yeah. with yourself. and. I think when we connect with ourselves, like we release so much of like these like expectations or worries because we just get more like grounded with who we are. Like I'm the same, like it's more with clothing for me. Like mm -hmm. I never used to leave without, well, what I thought was a really nice outfit and um, my style has changed since then. <laughs> but back then like I would not leave. <laughs> it's a lot different to what I used to wear. But back then I'd not leave the house unless like, I felt like really put together like that's what my mindset was like whereas since all this shift like I now know 
don't get me wrong, I like styling some outfits sometimes, just something I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I now know it doesn't matter because I'm so much more than what I look like. I'm so much more than the clothes I'm wearing. And when we connect with ourselves, we just get that shift. It's like, I'll go out in my Crocs and whatever and I'm just living my best life now. Because we know that there's more to us than that. Yeah. Bloody love my Crocs. (laughs) Do you know what though, for me, being confident is all about me being comfortable and I know this is going to be different for everyone but I've really come to understand that when I'm comfortable is when I'm my most confident self so when I'm in comfortable clothes when I haven't got anything on my skin annoying me when my hair's not bugging me like that's when I feel confident and I think it's just understanding that just because wearing make not wearing makeup to me is the right thing for me doesn't mean someone listening to this needs to think oh my god I like wearing makeup and I wear makeup every day like I'm a shit person because I do that like no if the intent and you know you're choosing to do that from a place of actually you want to do it and empowerment and kindness and desire and just for fun fulfillment absolutely keep doing that that is your thing it's all about finding what works for you and I think this ties in with like positive body image as well because I know sometimes if there's a day where I'm just not feeling really great about myself like as I approach my period I get a lot of bloating some of my gym shorts around my bloating on my period feel uncomfortable and I don't like how they dig into me so I just don't wear those shorts when I'm bloated I just put different shorts on and it's not about um going oh my god I have to wear this thing even though I'm not feeling good about myself today like positive body image is also about going okay I'm acknowledging that my body image is pretty poor today I'm not feeling very kind about myself and instead of forcing myself to wear that thing that I know is going to make me feel uncomfortable I'm just going to put on a baggy t-shirt and my comfy shorts and that's okay. That doesn't mean you have poor body image. That just means that you have awareness of what your body image is like and you know what you need during those times. I literally love that. It is so true. It's, it's like having that... Um, it's been honest, like, I always say, like, if you listen to your body, she will tell you a lot. Yeah. And if you listen to how you're feeling, you can give yourself what your body needs. Um, and like the interesting thing you said there is, like, if you have... A negative body image day or a negative body image moment it doesn't mean that automatically i've got terrible body image it just means like you're like human i i always yeah. um talk and work a lot on body neutrality which is all about like knowing that you're more than what you look like more appreciation for your body but the big thing with body neutrality is knowing that you're not going to feel amazing every single every single minute of every single day but that's cool because mm-hmm. just like emotions and we all have a variety of emotions all the time and we feel and we express and we're human body image is same like some days you're gonna feel great some days you might not some days you'll feel okay and then you have a moment we have a bit of a struggle and we can work through it and I think when we can accept oh do you know what like my body image can fluctuate it's so much easier to work through like so much because you already know this is okay what can I do to support myself right now? Mm-hmm. How can I move through it? And like you say, it's having that awareness to work through it. Yeah, and this is just where mindfulness becomes even more important because if you don't have those mindfulness practices in place in the beginning, you then don't open up your awareness to be able to acknowledge these things. And sometimes we can actually misinterpret the signals that our body is giving us. 
like you might think oh my god yeah. i'm feeling really shit about myself so i have to do this i have to wear those shorts even though i feel terrible because if i don't put that outfit on people are going to think less of me or think something's wrong with me and you can you can misunderstand what those signals are that your your body's giving you um which i think is a big one because i've done a podcast the other day with a mindfulness and intuitive coach and we actually spoke about this about how um you don't always interpret your intuition in the right way if you don't have that space to be able to to go into to calm your mind and to quiet your mind which I think is a really really important thing to highlight and which is why meditation mindfulness practice to me is just so essential for everything that we do oh literally it helps doesn't it because like you connect with yourself more but like you can even if like you're having a negative body image day you can then use mindfulness techniques to understand what you need or to even self-soothe yeah. you know like <clears throat> i don't know you're having like a really negative moment and um, like one that i love to do is like skin to skin contact so mm-hmm. literally putting your hand on your heart and having four seconds in a hold and then like the longest exhale you can like six to eight seconds and doing a few of those deep breaths all of a sudden you're grounding yourself so not only are you feeling kinder towards yourself, mm-hmm. you've now got the mental space because your emotional brain has been calmed down a bit to go, okay, what can I do to support me? I'm having a negative day. I'm gonna not go on my social media today. I'm gonna go for some fresh air after work and I'm gonna make sure I wear something comfortable. And all of a sudden, just through that one little mindful technique, yeah. you've now acknowledged yeah. yourself, shown yourself compassion and then create a plan of action to help show kindness to yourself that day. And this is why having those little techniques here and there can be one of the most important parts to help you mm-hmm. just feel more nourished and improve your relationship mm-hmm. with food and body. Mm-hmm. And, and Becca, before we sort of like wrap things up, some conscious of time, um, but what would be some practical tips that our listeners can start, um, start doing to improve their relationship with food and also body image? Probably one of the biggest ones that I'd go away with. So I've mentioned body neutrality earlier. Um, Body gratitude is like, I talk about it all the the time, I love it. And it is just about taking your focus away from just how you look to what your body allows you to do. A few ways you can do it. So um, every morning you could say to yourself or write down three things you're grateful for about your body. It can even be, I'm grateful for my stomach that digests my food or I'm grateful for my lungs. It It doesn't have to be physical, it can be internal as well. Or even um, if you're like out for a walk, my dog's head just popped up. If you're going out um, for a bit of a walk, just focus on like what your body's letting you do or when you're doing yoga or hugging somebody you love, having that mindful moment to be like, oh, my body's letting me do this helps with gratitude. Mm. I definitely say body gratitude um, is a great one. Just listening to your body more because the more that you observe, um, I always say like pause and observe more regularly because then you can understand what you need. So like, let's say you struggle with emotional eating and emotional eating is like really impulsive. So we tend to just go do it. We don't really think Mm -hmm. just by having that moment to pause, take a deep breath and like, just say to yourself, what am I feeling? What can I do right now? Am I hungry? Then gives you the space to then go, oh, okay, maybe actually I don't want food. I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. So just have more moments in the day just to pause and observe how you're feeling. And that does wonders. That can even link with body image as well. Um, and then I know we've been talking about it loads, but self-connection and grounding yourself yeah. is amazing. Whether it's nature um, and doing some mindful time in nature, whether it's doing some meditation, 
Reiki, um, just having a mindful moment with yourself, taking some deep breaths, anything like that, the more that you have these moments to connect with yourself, you'll notice that it's so much easier to work on food and body relationship as well. Thank you so much. I think those tips and uh, this whole conversation has just been brilliant i think and i really hope that everyone listening has taken away some insights and practical things that they can start to use and i think there's way more that we can actually dive into and we've probably only really touched the tip of the iceberg with all of this especially bringing in like the spiritual side the reiki side of things as well because there's such big components of of all of this and you've mentioned this you know um, through our conversation already about that soul connection that connection to your your deeper self and understanding um so i think there's going to have to be a part two to this becca so that we can dive further into those areas <laughs> oh yes i would definitely come back on yes i love getting into all of the witchy side i call it witchy side and oh. stuff yes honestly as soon as you um obviously booked it for today because today's litha for the summer stolces yes. and i was like what a great favor of podcast oh, are you celebrating <laughs> I am. I've made um, like some. I've got a little altar upstairs. I've made some like um, I dried some orange uh, slices up and made like a sun catcher. Um, oh, having lush. some flower crowns and stuff later. I've got loads of stuff that I'm doing after work. So I'm quite oh, excited. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, gonna go down to the beach, watch sunset, and do my vision board on the beach. Beautiful. I know. I bet it's so nice living by the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It is. I went for a run this morning and I just thought, wow, like this is on my doorstep. Wow. (laughs) So nice. So where can people find you, Becca, if they want to reach out, get in touch? How can they connect? Um, You can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on there. It's just at bestrong.coach. So yeah, any if you want to dm me any questions um i always just love a chit chat with people so you can follow me on there i always post um anyone's into tiktok i do have a tiktok exactly the same at vstrong.coach i do post quite a lot on there for food and body um and then i also do have a podcast as well uh, predominantly talking like food body mindset and that is called the get up and glow podcast which you get on spotify and apple podcast um and they're the best place to find me on my instagram i have loads of like free resources as well that you can download so if you go on the link in my bio there's loads more extra bits that you can find wow, and i'll make sure to what's the word i'm looking for add a link yeah add a link into the show notes i don't know why i lost my trail of thought there but yeah i'll add a link into the show notes <laughs> so people can just click on and, and find you really easily as well but thank you so much for today thank you for having me